0: Mangrove, the zero yeah. go, the zero yeah. go, the zero Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we talk to Andre A.J. Jones of the Lunch Break in Houston about those Houston Texans, how the camp's going, OTAs, and all those different things. We'll get into that a little bit later. Of course, this is going to be primarily a Houston Texans episode. But like every episode, I have a get it off I have a get off your chest segment. But we're gonna talk about the Tennessee Titans before we talk about the Houston Texans on this episode. And there's one reason why. Every time I look around or hear anything, and, and people talk about the Tennessee Titans this upcoming season. I hear a lot of people that think they'll be good and terrible this year. I've heard people thinking they can only win like six games. If that or some have actually miraculously actually said less than six games. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand they lost AJ Brown. He was a huge part of their passing game. Derrick Henry's coming off injury. Totally understandable. But, you know, they did add Robert Woods. He's coming off his own injury. Traylon Burks, I, you know, may not you know, it may be having, you know, different things going on now, but but as the season comes near, uh, I believe he'll round into shape and, and all will be be well. They did upgrade their tight end position with Austin Hooper. Now, of course, people will talk about Ryan Tannehill and as long as Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback and things like that. You've got to also remember that in 2021, he had statistically one of his worst years with the Tennessee Titans, and they still had the number one seed. You've got to ask, how did they do that? That would be because their defense, they got pressure on the quarterback. They played better and better as the season went on. They had nine sacks versus Cincinnati Bengals in a playoff game. Of course, they still lost, but still, nine sacks is unbelievable. And it I just find it amazing that people don't believe in the coaching efforts of Mike Vrabel that bad. I mean, I understand them struggling maybe but 6 games are, are, are we serious I I get it that you 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 think they've lost their entire offense and they're going to crowd the line of scrimmage like they always did when uh you know of course they're, they're going to crowd the line of scrimmage for Derrick Henry and things like that I totally get it but did you forget we've I mean the Titans have, have done this before? They've done things where unknown teams were going to crowd the line of scrimmage and still ran the football and still ran it well, still had play action and those different things, also. So while everyone out there is like, wow, the Titans are gonna be bad, they might not make the playoffs, this, this, and this. You have to remember, the sky is not falling. The Tennessee defense is still pretty dang good, and they've got, you know, a lot of returning talent, especially in the front seven. The offense, you got a few holes to fill, but I think they filled them pretty well, or tried to replace them really well. You know, of course, only time will tell on, on the on the football field there, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, six wins, seven wins maybe, worse than that. I think that prediction, you got to explain that to me because, nah, that ain't making not a lick of sense. Just don't forget, the Titans still have Derrick Henry. They have upgraded in terms of their tight end room with Austin Hooper at tight end. They did get Robert Woods. They got Traylon Burks, the rookie. They do have a few other weapons offensively outside of Derrick Henry, and their defense is not that bad. I just don't, I just don't understand it. But that's my get off your chest segment. I had to address that one. It just, it, it's kind of frustrating to hear uh, those statements being made, and you know about the Tennessee Titans because. I don't expect them to be a five-win team because of the loss of one man. No, 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 no. I don't see that happening. That's when you get it off your chest. Segment for this episode. Up next, of course, we're gonna switch uh, switch lanes and talk about the Houston Texans with the lunch breaks. AJ Jones, you're listening to Touring the AFC South with your host Mike Patton. We'll be right back after commercial break. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to? Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, Take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And, you know, we've talked about Tennessee, the Titans. We've talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars, but there's two other teams in the AFC South, we do have to talk about them. Of course, one of them is the Houston Texans. Now, I will say this: they had a lot of turmoil last season. I, I can't say they won't have that this season either. However, there is some renewed optimism down there. You know, with the new draft pick and everything. So, I mean, I got we got to check in to the Houston Texans camp, and and there is nobody better to talk to about that than the lunch breaks. AJ Jones. What's going on, man?
1: Hey, man, not much happening down here, but uh what's going on with you, brother? Always a pleasure to be on tour in the AFC South.
0: Man, hey, thanks for thanks for uh, uh, creating the time. I, I appreciate it. Now, I've got to ask, you know, the first question I have, this is this, this is the first question that came to my mind. Derek Stingley, Jr. Yep. Now, I don't think very many expected him to be the third overall pick. Did you see that one coming and what was your reaction?
1: Well, I'll be honest with you. A lot of the um, folks that I follow and I don't follow everybody. A lot of the folks that I followed had uh, Derek Stingley as the possibility of that pick. I mean, they had some decent insiders because he was on the very top of the Texans' draft board. Now, of course, we thought, you know, edge rusher. Because there really had been a pass rush uh in 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 Houston for a while, you know, and I guess folks got used to seeing it with JJ Watt and them. But uh we thought that we thought maybe they'd go offensive line, which they did a little bit later on uh uh down that first round. But there are a lot of people that were not surprised that Derek Stingley Jr. was that uh was that pick.
0: Yeah, well, it definitely kind of threw me off a little bit because, you know, we hadn't quite seen the spectacular play from him, quite as much, you know, injuries, things like that right. uh, since his, his, his uh, freshman year at LSU. Right. But he does have those abilities, though. So I've got to ask, how, how far has he looked so far? How, how has he been out there on the field?
1: So far? You kind of get a feel that you can see what they saw. Uh, I, I think he's closer to... Uh, making us see what you know, Nick Casario and the Brain Trust saw in him because he's got some skills, he's got some talent, and he's got an instinct to the ball. And we're seeing that already out of him. So uh yeah, you know, if he stays healthy, might turn out to be a good pick for Nick Casario and 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 the crew.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, as far as the fit, you know, how is uh can you see Lovey kind of giving him instruction or is he really needing more? you know, very much instruction or is he kind of just fitting in to what Lovey wants to do so far?
1: Yeah, that's a good thing about Lovey. Lovey is a really good player coach and he's a coach that develops players. And I'm going to be honest with you, that hadn't been done around here in a long, long time. If there's any knock on the former guy, and I'm skipping over, uh, you know, the the, the last coach, uh, I'm talking about Bill O'Brien. He was not a very good developer of players. He just really wasn't. So uh, Lovey Smith is just the opposite of that. So Lovey is not going to rush him along too fast, but he's not going to baby him either. And you can see that happening. When he makes a mistake, you can see Lovey talking him through it. When he, you know, when he when he makes a great play, you can see Lovey, you know, giving giving him accolades, but not going over the top. Because, you know, either way, the wrong way, and it's a problem. So um, yeah, I, I think Lovey is the right person for him in this situation. He can be as great. And he can possibly be, and Lovey's not going to throw him into that too soon. All
0: right, let's talk about another SEC pick that was from, you know, of course, SEC West as well. That'd be uh, John the third. Yep. Now, how, how is he looking out there? I know he's coming off an of ACL tear late in the season. How
1: is he looking? Not doing much, and, I, again, I don't blame him. He made the big bombshell announcement immediately following the draft that he'll be ready in July. But I like the fact that the team is taking their time with him and, and, and they need to because if they can get him 100 percent healthy and you got Brandon Cooks and you got him, man, there's no such thing as taking the top off of it. The top is already off of it. Now you got to wonder where they're going to be and just how wide open are they? They've got they've got some good things in store if they can bring him along. In their time frame, not his time frame.
0: All right, now uh, definitely he did some things at Alabama, and you know you got to think they had two of their star wide receivers tear ACLs, so you
1: know both of them
0: still drafted in the first round.
1: Right, right, right. And again, the talent's there. You could, but you know, early. It, yeah, you know. right, early, er, early in the draft because they got him in the second round. I think forty fourth pick somewhere around there. But again, you can see again um, that they're trying to build something. And, you know, I've been hard. Nobody's been harder on Nick Casario and Jack Easterby, who's now, you know, you got to look to find him now. He ain't, he's not as prevalent as he was before. Uh, and I think that's a testament to Lovie Smith. I think that's a testament to, you know, his, his coaching staff. And I think that's a testament to Nick Casario. He wants to put his stamp on this team independent of the Jack Easterby's of the world. So, um, I, I feel really creating an environment where this young team has a chance to come together and try and, you know, define their own legacy, not walking in the shadow of any other team or any other coach.
0: Gotcha. Now, of course, I would say the probably the most important rookie that they have Kenyon green. Yeah. Yeah. The, the second, the second, first round draft pick that they had, um, You know, that offensive line, of course, you know, I don't need to go into how much, you know, they need work there, but they need some help. Can Kenyon Green, do you think he's going to be that guy for them?
1: Well, it it depends on where he fits. Let me try and do it. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. So,, uh, they're moving him around the line. They've got him playing at left guard. They got him playing at right tackle. And it just it's gonna be a matter of where he fits. And I think they want him to be a starter on that line. I think that they need him to be a starter on that line. It's just where he will actually be when it's all said and done. And I think it's too soon to tell that. You know, we're talking about shorts, you know, t-shirts, and helmets. We're not talking about full pads. We're not talking about a lot of the veterans in giving them resistance and stuff like that. We'll know more when training camp comes around. We'll know more in preseason, and we'll definitely know more when the season gets started.
0: Right, right. You know, for for Houston Texans' sake, hopefully he is a starter and he means business because you know they they definitely need some people there.
1: Yeah, sure. I, the odd man out is Max Sharping. He's the odd man out. He mo- more than likely uh, is not going to be on this roster if things go the way that we think that they're going to go with the addition of uh, of this young man. Um, and, and look, they, they signed him to a fully guaranteed contract. It's a rookie deal, but still fully guaranteed. So, you know, I think that speaks volumes about what they think of him and what they expect of him.
0: Right, right. Now, of course, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about the new head coach of the Houston Texans, Lovey Smith. So what can you say about the feel of things just – with him there as opposed to the previous head coach, which, you know, I'm not saying his name. I'm not saying it out of disrespect. I'm just saying it because I'm still get irritated when I think about how he got treated.
1: But, yeah. Yeah. You know. And, 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 and again, I'm going to go cross sports real quick. It's like when dusty Baker came in, you know, there were a lot of people that were on one side of it or the other. A lot of folks loved AJ Hinch. A lot of folks ate what, you know, what he allowed to happen. But Dusty was the guy that came in and stabilized things. Dusty wasn't too high. Dusty wasn't too low. Dusty wouldn't let people pull him into stuff that he had no control over or nothing to do with. And Dusty didn't try to make any bold, brash claims. It's the exact same thing with Lovey Smith. With Lovey Smith, there it has been um, a situation where Lovey is literally so measured and 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 confident in who he is and what he has learned over these decades. Uh, in the league that, um, man, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of remembrance of, you know, the former regimes. In fact, I think Jim Trotter said it best when they came down and checked out the Texans. Um, I don't know where this this phrase is coming from, but the adults are back in charge. The adults are back in <laughs> charge. Um, and I, I said it earlier. And I'll say it again. We haven't seen a whole lot of Jack Easterby. Just haven't seen a whole lot of Jack Easterby. And there's no need to when you've got Lovey Smith. Who knows what he's doing, you know? Who knows what he's doing? So uh, I think he's the right man for the job. I'm not. I'm not counting wins or anything like that. I'm just talking about his presence, his wisdom, his knowledge, his ability to, you know, get on the level of the player and 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 speak to them on their level. I think that Lovey Smith is the right guy for the job.
0: Well, I will say, in the case of Jack Easterby, less is more.
1: Yeah, less is
0: definitely more.
1: And we and I'm I'm not saying anything negative. I, you know, I hope he's alive and well. But if we don't see him anymore, we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be just fine.
0: Right, right, right. Now, uh, as far as the you know the 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 pace and things like that of practice, how is it different uh,
1: this year going around with Lovey? Well, I, again, it's 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 different, but it's it's definitive. Like there is a method to everything that Lovey and Pep Hamilton does, and I want to talk about him a little bit. But you can tell that they have a method to their madness, and they are paying a lot of attention to the details. You know, I'm not saying they're going to be basic offensively, definitely not defensively. You know, you lovey Smith's history defensively, but they're going to pay attention to the details. They're not going to just do a whole lot of things and not do any of them well. They're going to pay attention to the details in everything that they do. And we're starting to see that right now.
0: Well, I definitely think that's good news for. Houston Texans fans, yeah. <laughs> as as we have uh, somebody that's hit up the torn the AFC South inbox on Tulane the second says, really looking forward to the Texans this season, seeing the Texans this season. So I, you
1: know, and 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 you you heard me say on my show, if they win seven games, man, they better not come for Lovey in a bad way. You've had back to back four win seasons. If they win seven games, they almost doubled their win output. That means they're trending in the right direction. Nobody, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin, nobody could come in here and turn this thing around overnight. The Texans are not going to be a worse to first story. They're going to be a worse to better story. And I think we're already seeing how that's going to come to pass.
0: Now, you did speak about Pep Hamilton, which I, I honestly think that, you know, he should, he should be almost in, in head coaching interviews at this point, to be honest. I mean, he groomed Andrew Luck from Stanford to Indianapolis, and now he's there in Houston. I mean, what do you think of him, the prospects of him just being the offensive coordinator? And, I mean, Lovey's more than likely just going to give him the reins. So as what do you should. think of that?
1: As, as he should. As he should. I mean, uh, Tony Dungy said it, you know, how Pep Hamilton – Developed the quarterbacks uh that he had, including Peyton Manning and, 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 and Andrew Luck. Uh and and a lot of folks might be new to Pep Hamilton, but Pep Hamilton's not new to the NFL and and you know being around offenses and 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 developing quarterbacks. That being said, there is not in my mind now, I know some folks are gonna roll their eyes and, and and pull a hammy, there's not a lot of difference between Pep Hamilton and Sean McVay. The difference is Pep hadn't had the opportunity to do it. I think Pep is as innovative. I think Pep is as creative. And I think Pep is as as attentive to the details that makes a good play work offensively as anyone. He runs plays with intent, not just to be be running plays. I said it earlier. Just because you can call plays doesn't mean that you are a good offensive coordinator. Anybody can call plays. Bill O'Brien can call plays. Doesn't make him a good offensive coordinator. Pep Hamilton's got a method to his madness. He runs plays to set up things way down the line. He runs plays to get information. Oh, that's what the defense is going to do when we do that. I wonder if we add a little something to this. Not even trying to break it then, but just to get the information he needs, pass it on to his quarterback, pass it on to that offensive you know, uh, uh, line, offensive team, and then make some things happen. And I'll tell you, that kind of stuff's going to pay off.
0: Uh, well, it's going to pay off, definitely, if you if your quarterback is, is is up to task. Now, speaking of quarterback, year two of Davis Mills, how has he looked so far?
1: Yeah, night and day, night and day. I, I'll be very honest. And, again, I've been hard on Davis Mills as well. Last year looked like a rookie, hadn't caught the speed of the game. If it wasn't for the fact he was wearing the, the thing on his helmet, don't hit him, and the red jersey, you know, please don't hit him, and folks would get him and have to let him go, he never would have gotten a pass off in training camp. This year, more decisive, knows where he's going with the ball. You can see him trying to think about progressions and whatever the coaching staff is teaching him, night and day. But, again, he's already coming into this season knowing he's going to be the starter. Man, that's that's huge. That's like a tank full of gas, man. You ain't got to worry about 415 for another 300, 400 miles. That's a tank full of gas right there.
0: (laughs) Now – you know, as far as him being more comfortable and, and, in you know, knowing he's going to be the starter, has that kind of seeped over to developing leadership or, or kind of pointing out things on the field to other players or different things there?
1: I mean, I, I, I guess. I guess. I, I don't think we'll know until there's an issue. I mean, pointing out player uh, plays and where a person should have been is fine until it's not. What happens when somebody tells him to mind his business? Or what happens when somebody tells him, I ran my play, I ran my route, you you know, give me the ball. You know, it, it, it we'll see. We won't know. I hope it doesn't come in through adversity. You know, I, I hope it doesn't take that. Nobody wants mess, and I don't want a lot of mess around Lovey and Pep and, and 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 the team at all. Uh, but we'll see. We'll We'll see. If he tries to go too hard, he'll probably get some pushback. If he if he does things respectfully and does them just right, just because the team made you the starter doesn't necessarily make you a leader.
0: That's true. That's true. Now, what do you? I'll say I'll ask you this: What do you expect from him as the starter in terms of not just numbers, but just in general, kind of with the assertion that he's he's going to be the starter. He knows he's going to be the starter, and he's walking with a little bit a little bit more swagger to his step.
1: Yeah, you know, swagger and confidence are fine. Conceit and arrogance, we've seen how that how that will flame you out fast, man. I mean, Baker Mayfield is closer to being out of the league than he is being in it. And that's that's, you know, it seems like hyperbole, but it's really not. How many more chances and how many more places will he get those chances? So if Davis Mills goes about his business the right way and he progresses and he develops And he does more well than he did last season. And he gets more right than he gets wrong. He's not going to be the next Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers day after tomorrow. But he can be a very good quarterback. And I like the fact that they're putting some tools around him. You know, I I wish they would have did that with Tyrod Taylor. But, you know, Mm -hmm. this is their guy. This is their guy. So uh, if, if he keeps himself in check, this team, this organization seems to be, willing to give him what he needs to be successful
0: well it's definitely going to be interesting watching the houston texans this year and to see how they develop uh whether it be offensively or defensively which i, I didn't talk about the defense but for you know Derek
1: stingley but they did get a, a fabulous safety in the draft yeah. this year they did and they needed that uh losing justin reed and Again, I don't know why more was not made about the fact that they didn't do a whole lot to try and keep Tyron Matthew and if they would have and allowed Justin to develop under Tyron Matthew, man, it would have, we'd be having a whole different story right now. But I just hope that they don't put too much on, you know, the young safety, Petrie, I think his name's Petrie. Yeah, put too much on him and put too much on Stingley. If they if they bring those guys along and again, I know Lovey will do that. Lovey Eats and sleeps uh, defense while we're while we're doing other stuff. Lovey is is defense minded, based on who he has, not his system. So I think if 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 they take their time with Petrie, if they take their time with Stingley, I think they're gonna be fine.
0: All right. Well, there is a, a rainbow in Houston right now, and uh, we definitely provided one with some of the talk about the Houston Texans and some of the rainbows that are are, are
1: looking looking on the horizon there. Or yeah, potentially on the horizon. Listen, it has been bleak around here. There's there's no, you know, there's uh-huh. no doubt about it. It's been bleak. It's been bleak since uh, you know, Bill O'Brien and and unfortunately it costs other people their jobs. And and now they've got somebody in who it looks like the organization is gonna give a fair shot to. That's all we've ever asked for. That's all we've ever asked for. So if they give them a fair shot, I do. I think there's some rainbows here. I think this team can be significantly better than last season. Again, I'm not talking about Cincinnati from last to, to, to Super Bowl. What I'm talking about is getting out of that four or five win uh, arena, being competitive in every game and 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 really playing well, not making dumb mistakes and executing on a consistent basis. I think they can do some things.
0: But we do have a few people that have commented in the uh, touring the AFC South inbox. Uh, uh, TJ Beatty, my former college teammate, loving the interview. So he's, he's loving what you're saying, AJ. Thank you, sir. Appreciate and, it. And as far as uh, uh, Herm P, he said, I'm glad Reed is gone. He wasn't scared of Henry.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to just say this, man. Reed played well against Henry most of the time. But I will never forget him getting out of position and Henry going for a long touch. We had a long time to watch Justin Reed chasing Derrick Henry down the field.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of defense and everything, we're going to start the game. Are you ready? We got five questions for you.
1: All right, I'm ready. Hold on. Let me sit back. Let me sit back. (sighs) Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. What has the more probability of happening? Brandon Cooks gets 1,000 yards. Or a, a defender for the ten, for the uh, for the Houston Texans gets ten sacks by himself.
1: Uh, Brandon Cooks getting a thousand yards,
0: <laughs>
1: like no doubt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't see uh, I, honestly. I don't see anyone getting ten sacks on that defense. Maybe Lovey can scheme it up, but I just don't see it right now. It's going to be a collective effort, in
1: my opinion. Yeah, Lovey's more of a turnover type coach, forcing turnovers. So uh, it'll be sacks by committee. I'll put it that way.
0: All right. Now, Laramie Tunzel, we know with Laramie Tunzel, he has a propensity to false start. Going into this year, more or less than 20 false starts for him for the season. That's I'm over one again.
1: game. Less. I'm going to say less, and I'm going to say less for a different reason than what you think. I don't know if Laramie Tunzel is going to be on this team this year. I don't. Ooh. I don't. I, I really think that the Texans may... And again, I'm, I'm talking Nick Casario now. I'm not talking Jack or, or or Cal. I'm talking Nick. Nick, one thing I know he doesn't like is a lot of mess and a lot of drama. A lot of the guys that they had problems with last season are no longer here. And if they can find a trade partner and get some value for Laramie Tunsil, he might be false starting for somebody else.
0: Mm, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, Davis Mills. Yeah. More touchdown passes to Mechi or Cooks? Cooks. <laughs> I will say this. You know, if those two guys are out there playing, that like you said, the top's going to get blown off the, the, the stadium, for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Cooks was a safety blanket. And when they were talking about not bringing him back, it was like, what are y'all doing? And sure enough, he signed. And I know somewhere Davis Mills said, thank you, thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right now in the running back room uh not very many people are excited about that however they did go get a guy from indianapolis however he is coming off a injury riddle kind of last couple of years and marlon mack so i'm gonna put this question to you more carries and yards marlon mack or Rex burkhead
1: marlon mar if marlon stays healthy and i'm i'm just gonna assume that he will um, might not have a big year, but may have a productive year, and that's what the Texans need. They need a productive running game. Don't have to have a thousand-yard rusher or somebody go up to fifteen, something like that. It'd be great if they do, but if they can have some production at the running game, and I'm not just talking about Rex Burkhead. Rex should be who he's always been—a a, you know, a third-down back, or you know, a possession receiver out of the backfield, or or somebody who could, you can sneak in there for you know, for a three or four yard gain on third or, you know, third down or something short. But if you're going to depend upon Rex Burkhead, you're already in trouble. So Marlon Mack, I think if he stays healthy, yeah, they're they, they going to be fine. Now, more out of Marlon than, than Rex.
0: All right. And I'm going to slip in a defensive question for
1: All you. All right.
0: Jalen Reeves-Maben. Now, I've known him since his Tennessee days. Uh, he was actually, I believe he was a quarterback in high school. Then he became a linebacker at University of Tennessee. Then, you know, of course, he's a linebacker in the NFL. He's now playing for the Houston Texans, and he's known to be a tackling machine. Of course, you do have Christian Kirksey that you brought back, too. Now, between those two, who do you think has more tackles, Reeves Maven or Christian Kirksey?
1: You know what? Kirksey, I I think, was getting comfortable as the season went on. And let me tell you how I know, not just because of his stats, but they kept bringing him in in the interview room after the game, so you know obviously they were seeing him as a leader. They were seeing his play as something talkworthy and newsworthy. I feel like he picks up where he left off. I, I think that he's gonna add get some some added value, uh, you know. But I, I I think Kirksey's gonna I think Kirsey's gonna gonna take a next step.
0: All right, we'll definitely see. Uh, with P is predicting, uh, could, uh, that Marlon can get the Texans 600 yards this year,
1: you know, and again, somewhere <laughs> right in there, that's solid. We'll take that. that's productive. That we're we talking 200, 300, that's that's Rex Burkhead. We're talking about 600, 700, yeah, that's productive. We'll take that.
0: All right, well, that ends my uh, my game for, for this episode. Um, I like you, I like su- you survived,
1: yeah, thank
0: <laughs> you. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for, uh, you know, addressing the Houston, Texas with me. Hopefully, you know, lovey does well. You know, of course the Titans fans up here in Nashville. Hope he doesn't do well against them, but that's another story for another day. Uh, thank you for coming on with me. If you will give everybody your information where they can find your social media, where they can find your show, all of that information you want to get
1: right there, man. They can hit me up at Jones media and entertainment. Um, Uh, I uh, retired from radio and started my own media production company called JM&E. Man, we're doing a whole lot of stuff. Just been filming reality TV shows, got some documentaries that I've got uh, camera crews on and things like that. And I'm building uh, a a news and sports team uh, with a group called SGA, SGA TV. So really excited about the opportunities that have been afforded to me. Again, you can follow me on all social media platforms, at Jones Media and ENT. And, uh, hey, man, I'm very accessible, so reach out. I'll be more than happy to hit you back up, have you on my show, the lunch break, Tuesdays through Fridays from 12 to 1. And uh, really looking forward to doing some great things. Mike, I got to have you back on. So next time you <laughs> off, you let me know, man.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And also, you, you got to mention, man, BS3, man. You got to mention BS3. Man,
1: bro. I got to tell you, Ben Sutter Third is a genius, man. He has pulled together a great network. Uh, called BS three TV. And uh, I broadcast live on Roku TV every Monday through Friday. And I appreciate him. So uh, if you're looking for an opportunity to get on Roku, BS three TV is it. And I'll be making some announcements with some other things. Mike, you and I have talked about them uh, for some other streaming platforms real soon, but BS three TV. Absolutely. Love the family, man.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can't forget to talk about BS three, but uh. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for talking to Houston, Texas. And uh, we've definitely created a rainbow for them with this entire conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah, to tell, tell Ryan Jones, I said I, I agree with him. Joneses are the best, man. That's why people are keeping up with the Joneses.
0: <laughs> he set you up for that one perfectly. Uh, we, uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. You've been uh, tuned in to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.